Welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael Leblanc, Director and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. And thanks for joining us again this week, Mike on Money, where we talk about everything that's uh, going on in the markets and everything we see coming up uh, down the pipeline for the next week. Uh, this week, we're going to be touching a little bit of more detail on the, uh, the Canadian uh, federal budget that came out the last week, came out last Tuesday, just as we were airing last week's episode. Uh, we're, we'll take a bit deep dive into the, the details of, of that, how that's going to affect us, uh, and where we see that going forward. Uh, and of course, we're going to cover off everything else that's going on. So hopefully you're all doing well. Uh, if you're joining us here live, as always, um, keep in mind that the information here is for information purposes only, not uh, for educational purposes, sorry, only not to be considered advice. Always do your own due diligence or reach out to us at mikeonmoney.com. Talk to us, a licensed advisor, see how these different uh, strategies can apply to your situation. Uh, and if, uh, if you are on, uh, if you have a question, please click that Q&A button. Happy to answer any questions that pop up. But if something comes up later, or you want to send something more specific to your situation, just go to mikeonmoney.com. You can contact us there. Has uh, our email, our phone numbers, uh, all our social medias, feel free to reach out with anything at all there. And you can find all our other videos on there as well. If you listen on the replay or podcast, you can of course go there and send us in any of your questions as well. So let's dive into uh, this week and what's going on. Uh, well, of course, uh, as we talked about last week, we talked a lot about the uh, first quarter earnings. We are still in earnings season and we're seeing a lot of results coming out this week with Microsoft, uh, Mandela's, uh, Raytheon, Starbucks, UPS, and Visa all result, uh, reporting today and tomorrow. Um, and we're also taking a look at the uh, S&P Schiller's Index for February to see where the Consumer Confidence Index is moving. Uh, so all those numbers coming out this week, oh, everything there, I think we're pretty much going to see things positive, but uh, we'll keep reporting on those. We, uh, we have seen the stock futures uh, drift up a bit on Tuesday morning here uh, on that expectations of positive news, uh, pretty much across the board on all the indexes in Canada and the US. Uh, the Fed has been struggling a little bit and we're gonna dive a little bit more into what's going on between the Canadian Bank of Canada rates, the US Fed, and of course the Europe. Uh, European uh, bank, uh, central bank on uh, kind of interest rate outlooks and how they're going to be managing that going forward. The U.S. Fed had a maximum employment push where they were uh, mush moving forward to try to get to that, um, that maximum employment rate or the unemployment rate they had pre-pandemic. Uh, well, they're finding that target a bit tough to get there. Um, they are making some good headway towards it but it's probably gonna be a little bit longer, a little bit more elusive than they kind of hoped for. Uh, they, they were hoping to get there in 2021, but that might not be the case. And, and, and uh, we'll get more information as they meet this week uh, as to the plan of, of, of pushing, pushing efforts uh, along that front, not just with the stimulus packages, but with uh, monetary policy as well. 
Uh, Exxon, uh, Exxon's retreated a little bit uh, from their, uh, their, their strategy uh, to build up a, a massive energy trading business to rival the European oil majors. Uh, and this, this kind of fell apart last year uh, when they, they reported fourth quarter earnings uh, the first time with a quarterly loss in their in 10 years, I think, the 10, uh, 10 years, uh, or going back at least 10 years. Uh, and so they, they did some budget cutting um, and, and re-strategized re kind of where they were going to take the company. And of course, now they're in the middle of the merger with Chevron. So uh, they're just taking a shift on the global fronts. Nothing negative on that front. In fact, we'll talk about oil and the oil prices doing better this week. And, uh, and the outlook is actually getting strong from OPEC as well. Small cap stocks is our small company stocks have lagged a little bit. We talked about smaller companies earlier in January uh, when we're in a recovering economy, they tend to do better. Still think there's some good investments, should definitely be a targeted play, uh, you know, as there's better stories in certain er sectors versus others. Uh, but they have lagged a little bit from the large, uh, large cap stocks uh, so far this year. And that's just been that hesitation as we've been going through this year. Uh, of course, the pandemic's still here. Things are improving uh, in some areas around the world when other areas were actually seeing things get worse again. So um, that, that hesitancy in the market, people are still being a little cautious around the smaller cap names. U.S. business spending on equipment uh, certainly has not slowed down. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of cheap money out there, and that's great for companies, especially manufacturing companies and heavy equipment uh, companies uh, to upgrade and become more efficient. So they're out there buying up the, uh, the, um, the machinery uh, and upgrading plants. Uh, of, of course, that's causing a global shortage in the supply chain for, for the equipment and for the parts. So, uh, so that's gonna continue uh, as long as we continue to see that cheap money. Makes a lot of sense for companies to do that. Of course, if you've been following on the news, the U.S. is moving forward, or looks like it's going to go through in some format. There's, again, probably going to be a bit of back and forth negotiation on this, but they're moving forward with hiking their capital gains tax. So their capital gains tax was pretty low uh, on a global basis, even on a G7 basis. Um, and they're looking at almost doubling at the, at the top end of the wealth uh, scale, and not, not at the bottom end, but at the top end. So uh, it's really only going to affect about 3% of the income earners in the United States. Uh, but this, you know, it, it's all around this theme of taxing the wealthy uh, more in the United States, uh, which the United States was definitely, again, on a global scale, <clears throat> very behind the, the, um, the rest of the world as far as to how much they, they tax, especially the, uh, the ultra wealthy. So, uh, so we'll keep a close eye on that. Obviously, it's not going to be a straightforward through the Senate. There will be some negotiations, even on the Democratic side. Uh, it's not a, a sweep uh, to get it approved in its current format, but uh, we are likely likely to see that happen for uh, for Americans. Uh, and and as far as people up here in Canada, uh, if you are an expat or dual citizenship with the U.S., it it probably won't affect you because the the way the treaty uh, is with Canada and the U.S. Of course, you pay Canadian capital gains taxes first, um, and then the U.S. after. The U.S. will still be lower than ours. Uh, however, if you own U.S. properties, 
uh, it might affect you should you uh, be buying or selling, uh, for example, real estate uh, where you'd have capital gains being triggered down in the US, uh, that could affect you. So we'll keep an eye on that and see how uh, expats or people living in Canada might be affected uh, as we see the final form of this as it goes through. OPEC and OPEC Plus continue to uh, to meet and keep uh, keep the forecast for the oil demand uh, growth is unchanged. So still looking very positive on uh, on the outlook for oil for later this year as we do see things start to reopen and demand starting starting to creep up. Obviously nowhere near previous levels, um, but starting to creep up. The big outstander right now, if you've been following in the news, of course. India is uh, having record setting, global record setting uh, numbers of new cases and deaths uh, on a daily basis, weekly basis there. So, uh, so a, lot of, a lot of continued concern around India uh, until that situation gets a little bit more under control. Uh, US bank appetite for treasury has been unfazed regardless of the Fed's uh, regulatory uh, kind of relaxing their relief efforts uh, on buying up treasuries. So the US, uh, US banks, Demand for treasury bills. So this is financing the the extra spending that they're seeing uh, out of the U.S. hasn't slowed down, which is positive uh, that they can keep going without the, the, the Fed as they let their waivers expire on uh, on, on their process there um, moving forward. Uh, so we'll see how they uh, they might uh, alter that or change that, uh, dependent on that demand as it continues. Uh, on the COVID front, uh, of course, you know, on the global front, uh, U.S. is doing a whole lot better than it was. You know, some numbers in some spots are still gaining, but we're seeing areas like California uh, improving. Uh, they are completely open. Any adult in the United States can go get the vaccine, of course, depending on, uh, on supply availability, but there seems to be excess. Uh, the U.S. has even agreed uh, with Canada and some other global countries to start sending their excess out uh, for other countries to, uh, to uh, administer to their populations. And Canada is certainly uh, at the forefront of those talks to get more vaccines up here. Uh, as I mentioned, India in really rough shape. That's pretty much the hot spot in the world we're watching. Uh, here in Canada, things are starting to get better. In fact, even Bonnie Henry came out this morning and said that uh, we have crested or the data is suggesting, I think I want to be careful how I word that. Uh, the data is suggesting that we've crested that third wave. Uh, the numbers are still pretty high with, I think we had 2,400 over the weekend. Um, but the data suggesting that we've crested the peak of the third wave. Uh, and hopefully that's coming down. Obviously there's been a massive uptake with uh, the AstraZeneca, AstraZeneca uh, vaccines. Uh, as they, they've lowered the age group uh, to be able to go out and get that. And in fact, here in BC, I think that's pretty much the supply uh, spoken for. It's not all gone. Uh, and there's some cancellations and that popping up as people have um, you know, put their name on multiple lists. But um, you know, the 40 plus group has, has really jumped on getting AstraZeneca. I mentioned last week, I got mine on Wednesday. And, uh, and yes, I did have a massive reaction on Thursday. So any of you who are sharing that reaction, I, I'll definitely sympathize with you. It was, it was a day, it was about 18 hours of, of difficulty, but it, it's all it passed quickly and, and back to normal. So if you, uh, if you do get it, uh, yeah, I've heard from friends, it's about 50, 50 
as far as uh, who gets reactions and who, who doesn't. Anyway, uh, so those numbers are moving along really well and, and, uh, and the supply of the Pfizer vaccine is increasing. Also the uh, Johnson Johnson vaccine is supposed to be start coming into Canada this week. Uh, so uh, well, I'm sure we'll get more updates on how quickly we can continue to move through the population uh, with our vaccines and, uh, and see where that leads, especially with this third wave, hopefully slowing down uh, across the country. Let's take a look at uh, the economy uh, uh, this week in the US. Uh, the Fed Open Market Committee is beginning a two-day meeting to talk about interest rates. This, you know, we've pretty much seen whether it's state level or federal level every week, uh, interest rates are on the forefront. Uh, the policy on round interest rates is on the forefront of discussions. Uh, of course, it, it lends into economic growth. Uh, you know, we talked about companies being able to borrow. Uh, even the real estate market is being driven by uh, low interest rates right now. The U.S. housing numbers have been, uh, just like Canada, uh, have been at record levels, uh, although lower inventories, uh, mostly due to so many people buying up with, uh, with those low interest rates. So obviously that's at a forefront of discussion. And right next to that is the inflation numbers that we're talking about uh, all around, uh, trying to keep that under control. Alphabet is expected to post a 24% jump in its first quarter sales. So Alphabet, of course, Google's parent company, uh, as more and more ad spending starts coming back after a brief slowdown in that arena uh, during the pandemic shutdown. And Microsoft continues to post higher earnings uh, through the pandemic as uh, still more, a lot of stay at home uh, work happening through the pandemic, even with some things going back to work. Uh, obviously with more shutdowns in certain sectors, uh, but a lot of companies just saying at least until 2022, uh, it's going to be work from home. So, um, you know, those sales continue as people uh, need equipment and cloud support for, uh, for all that remote working. Uh, Apple is looking to establish a uh, campus in North Carolina as they increase uh, spending on their operations in the United States. They're looking to house about another 3,000 employees, which is, you know, again, good for that, that, that economic recovery or expansion in the United States, uh, hiring more skilled labor uh, and, uh, and also expanding out new areas uh, like North Carolina for, uh, for a campus uh, that tends to generate a lot of uh, business around in the communities. So, uh, so very positive for that. Uh, Tesla is uh, doing a lot of PR damage, uh, working with, uh, Chinese car owners, just to uh, reassure them uh, in the middle of the protests that they're seeing uh, around Tesla sales uh, in Shanghai. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of US-China tension right now. Uh, and of course, China has probably Tesla's global, on the global front, uh, biggest competitor with NIO, uh, built a lot of electric vehicles. So uh, a lot of tension between those two, uh, those two manufacturers on that home front. That will actually play well for Tesla in India, uh, though, as Tesla is now just starting to move into that market, um, where, of course, uh, India has a lot of tensions with China right now. So uh, you'll see uh, that population probably favor uh, a US manufacturer over a Chinese manufacturer um, as they enter that market. US auto dealers are winning in this chip shortage. We've talked about the, uh, the, the microchip shortage whether your computers, um, you know, for your, for your computers, we're seeing it a lot in the high-end, especially gaming computers, uh, 
people cannot get those, those graphic chips or the CPU chips, uh, but we're now seeing it into vehicles uh, and all sorts of different products. Uh, so what's happened is the car manufacturers have had to reduce production uh, numbers in order to, um, because they can't get the chips to make the, the vehicles. Uh, and uh, people are walking in and paying sticker price, no negotiations, just buying up, uh, you know, full price vehicles uh, just because there's a limited uh, availability for them. So if you're out there shopping for a car, it's not the ideal uh, market out there to, uh, to get the best price on a new one. Obviously, if it's a used one, uh, you don't have to worry about uh, getting a new chip in there. And the Moderna, Moderna vaccine uh, is being reviewed by the uh, WHO uh, just for emergency listing uh, for April, on April 30th. So it's just getting the international approval on Moderna, uh, which is of course already approved in a lot of countries, including Canada. Coming up in Canada, the bank, the governor of uh, the Bank of Canada is gonna appear in front of the House of Commons. Again, just a theme talking about interest rates, talking about policy. The Canadian, uh, the Bank of Canada did shift a little bit in their messaging, not in their policy yet, uh, but they shifted a bit in the messaging on the um, on inflation and interest rates uh, in their last meeting. Uh, that sent a little bit of wave or concern wave through the uh, through the bond markets or interest rate markets. Uh, that there might be pressures on them to raise rates earlier uh, than the U.S. Uh, because of uh, higher inflation, and of course. You know, we've been talking about this for, for a little while. You know, both both uh, countries kind of were looking into 2023, 2024 before they wanted to raise rates. Um, Bank of Canada is basically signaling we, we might not be able to last that long. Again, I, I've always kind of said if they get into 2022, I think they're doing well. Uh, I think that 23, 24 um, goal is very aggressive, uh, you know, given what's going on with inflation and the amount of... Uh, the amount of stimulus that's out there. So uh, we'll continue to watch that. It's obviously very difficult for Canada to lead uh, rate hikes against Europe or um, uh, the US trend, uh, given the size of our economy, would definitely affect our dollar uh, dramatically and, and, and a lot of other things in the economy. Uh, so not, not the, the ideal solution for Bank of Canada to, uh, to want to pull that trigger ahead of the US, but, uh, but we'll have to keep a really close eye on on what the new message in or, or if that slows down a little bit here uh, through the summer. Uh, the Canadian industry is urging the government to end the Montreal uh, dock worker strike. Uh, and they're actually in, in session right now, writing up policy to, uh, to end that. Uh, obviously, whenever you shut down the, uh, the supply chain, like the docks, um, it costs the economy a lot of money and they're estimating it's about 25 million Canadian a day. So obviously you want to get that, uh, that dock open again. Um, and that's pretty standard, you know, when the, when the BC docks uh, are in uh, labor disputes, uh, it's always a lot of pressure on the whole economy because, you know, they're, they're entry ports in the country for a lot of goods. Uh, rail shippers. Uh, so we've talked about the, of course, uh, CP Rail made a bid for uh, Kansas City Southern. Uh, this was going to create one of the longest uh, single owned set of tracks from Canada all the way down to Mexico. Uh, every, every, everyone liked that deal, uh, you know, as far as CP share ownership goes, uh, it was a good deal for CP. Uh, and CN has thrown in a bid to outbid uh, CP for that, uh, for that acquisition. 
Uh, it's a pretty aggressive size of bid for CN, uh, given their size, uh, and the market didn't love it, didn't love it right out of the gate. Uh, I do think this is probably going to be a good buying entry point for CN because it did pull back a bit, uh, regardless if they go ahead with uh, their acquisition or CP gets it. Uh, I think the uh, I, I think it will be whoever gets it the 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 CP or CN uh, it's going to be good for good for their their share price, but whoever doesn't get it, it'll also be good for the share price because of course that's a big uh, financing that comes off as well, so uh, it will start to trade back to normal again. So I, I do like uh, I do like both those names. Uh, CN is in our portfolios and CP is in some of our portfolios. Um, and uh, I've been watching those prices uh, really closely as we see this bid more kind of play out a little bit. On the materials front, on the metals front, the gold, uh, Fortuna shares fell um, after they made a, uh, well, obviously the market thought an overpriced bid of 880 million deal for a West African uh, focused gold property, Rocks Gold. Uh, and we've been talking pretty much since late last year as uh, just like we saw in the energy front last year, uh, as, as oil uh, industry was shaken up and uh, a lot of mergers and acquisitions, we're now seeing it on the gold front or the metal materials front. Uh, so we'll probably see a lot more of these uh, in the coming weeks as well. On the foreign exchange front, uh, the, uh, the euro appreciated quite a bit against the US dollar. The US dollar continued to pull back slightly. Uh, you know, we're seeing an interesting thing going on in Europe, in fact. The, uh, the euro are, has gone into negative interest rates. So the banks in Europe are, are basically charging you money to, de to deposit it with them. Uh, we've seen this in, in, 2000, in uh, 2008, the US went into negative interest rate environment for a brief period. Uh, basically uh, people were paying to buy, paying to buy US treasury bills. So they weren't getting a quarter percent interest or 1% interest. They were actually paying a quarter percent interest uh, in order to hold US treasury bills. Uh, and we're actually seeing that now in the Euro. Uh, it is a negative 0.9% was the last number I heard this morning. Uh, obviously that fluctuates, but um, they have gone into a negative interest rate, uh, which is good for the country. Obviously they're borrowing money below cost. Um, or a negative cost, so it means they're making money. Uh, but, um, but that probably won't last very, very well. Uh, we are in a, uh, probably just a short state of fluctuation, just like what we saw in, uh, in the US in 2008. Uh, but if you do have money on deposit in euros, uh, you, can, you can do a lot of things. You can change to another currency uh, that's not paying negative. Uh, you can invest it, obviously get it out of just cash. Uh, and you won't pay that negative rate. But if you have euros in a bank, you should check with yours to see if they've started charging it. A lot of them said they're not going to start charging until May, that they're going to absorb the loss from now until May. But um, but that's not far away. So keep that in mind. And the uh, the 10-year the U.S. Treasury note uh, moved up slightly uh, to 1.577, but still off the top for the year. Oil prices, as I mentioned, has moved higher, uh, basically on OPEC plus uh, holding their outlook despite what's going on in India. Uh, but th that obviously is a concern around what that's going to mean for the upcoming year as far as global demand goes. So we'll keep an eye on that. And gold, uh, sorry, copper continues to push its price forward. Um, 
to uh, $10,000 a metric ton on the uh, London exchange. Um, and, and that's pretty much been a steady move. They did have a, they had a big push earlier in the year on copper price, bit of a pullback and a, then a move forward again. Uh, and, and that's just supply demand again, uh, losing um, as the supply chain and demand on materials increases, especially construction materials. Uh, and we're also of course seeing it in the EV car uh, industry uh, or, or manufacturing side of things. Uh, it's just until more copper mines open up, so more supply opens up, there's going to be upwards pressure on that price. So let's take a look at the federal budget. Uh, last week, as I mentioned, they released the 2021 budget. They did uh, skip uh, last year uh, due to the pandemic uh, and put in place emergency spending uh, to, to get us through the, the meat of the pandemic, uh, but they're not done spending. And I think that was the big theme from this to, to take away uh, is there haven't been a lot of shoes dropped as far as paying this back. Uh, the government is still in spend mode. Um, so not massive effects on uh, taxation or, or, um, or kind of from a financial investing uh, perspective to uh, take into consideration yet. Uh, but there are some new features uh, that everyone should probably know a little bit about. Well, one in 2021, uh, we're going to reach a, uh, a $354 billion uh, deficit. Um, and then that's, uh, that is a little bit lower than was originally projected, about $382 billion. But really, when we're into those numbers for Canada, uh, I don't know that makes a huge difference. Uh, they are hoping to uh, our GDP to our debt to GDP ratio to start to fall again uh, below the 50% by 2025-2026 budget year, uh, but that's the current target. We'll have to see how this year goes, of course. Uh, they are increasing the old age security for uh, Canadians over age 75. So if you're over 75, uh, you're probably, I'm sure you're already getting your old age security. You're going to get a lump sum, one-time lump sum, $500 in August. And they're looking to put a 10% increase starting in July on your base monthly payments uh, moving forward. So good news, a little bit of extra spending money on your CP, or sorry, your OAS pension. Uh, they're looking to improve access to the disability tax credits and the registered uh, disability savings uh, plan programs for those living and family, for those who are living with disabilities and those are, that are, have family members who are living with disabilities. And they're just, uh, so they're putting in, uh, increased funding into that and uh, definitions to uh, make it more medically relevant terminology in order to qualify for those things. They are adding a tax on uh, luxury cars, boats, and aircraft. So if you're out buying a private aircraft, do so before next January, because you are gonna pay some extra tax on anything over $100,000 uh, and any boats over $250,000. <clears> so uh, if you're out in that shopping in that market, get in there before January 1st, Otherwise, you'll be paying an extra uh, 20, 10 to 20%, depending on the total value of those, those purchases. Uh, and if you're buying a car over $100,000, uh, same thing. It's going to uh, incur a luxury tax uh, on top of the current luxury tax, which I think kicks in. Uh, there's a smaller luxury tax that kicks in, I believe, around 52000 currently, um, or fifty five somewhere in there. Uh, and uh, this one will be a new one for the when you pay over a hundred thousand on the car. Uh, minimum wage is going up to fifteen dollars. Not a big impact. Major provinces, Ontario has already moved to fifteen dollars. BC has already moved to fifteen dollars. 
I think Quebec wasn't, so they'll be moving up a little bit. Uh, but I think they were like 1450, somewhere around there uh, for minimum. So, uh, so small, uh, just making it uniform across the country, $15 minimum wage. Uh, but that was pretty much already in provincial um, budgets in, in the previous years. Uh, GST on new housing, uh, you are entitled, or homeowners uh, are entitled to recover 36% of the GST on a new home up to 350,000, uh, with it being phased out uh, up to 450,000, uh, with a maximum rebate of $6,300. Um, obviously, this is for the rest of Canada, given there's not too many new homes in BC uh, below $350,000. Uh, but uh, but there might be some outside of the lower mainland. Uh, they're decreasing the child care costs. So uh, there's a big investment going into uh, learning and children, the child care system aiming to reduce fees by about 50% on average. Uh, outside of Quebec, Quebec has a provincially run uh, child care system, so it doesn't affect them. Uh, but for parents with children in a regulated child care uh, by the end of 2022. So, um, massive savings there. Kind of wish this came in when my kids were in daycare, uh, but that seems like a long time ago. Uh, student debt uh, proposed, do kids have debt? I don't know. My kids just owe me a lot of money, I think. Um, student debt uh, is proposed uh, proposing to extend waivers on interest, so no interest uh, accrual on student loans uh, until March 2023, uh, and also doubling grant money uh, for two more years uh, for kids going to uh, going to post-secondary school. And then pandemic financial supports are pro pro proposed to tack on 12 additional weeks to the uh, Canadian recovery benefit uh, to, maxima, to a maximum of 50 weeks. Uh, the rent subsidy and lockdown supports will be uh, extended to uh, September uh, 25th, 2021. So this year later this year. So and this was all proposed. Of course, uh, it did go through uh, they did get support uh, from the uh, from the other parties. I, EI insurance is, is putting uh, uh, several billion dollars to extend sickness benefits offered under EI to extend coverage to 15 weeks up to 26 weeks. Uh, the support in businesses, so the uh, the emergency wage subsidy that went into place last year has been extended to uh, September 25th, uh, with the subsidy uh, rate decreasing as of July 4th downwards. Uh, and that was uh, to uh, subsidize to keep people employed and not lay off as many people. Uh, and I know a lot of companies that have been taking advantage of that. So that's going to continue until September. Uh, and it's going to be renewed, though, uh, after the wind down dates um, in order to encourage people to hire people back full time uh, or hire new people back uh, to, to fill uh, long term permanent spots. They also put in a bunch of money into skilled uh, trades. So funding provided for 55,000 first year apprentices uh, and construction, in construction and manufacturing. Uh, just trying to uh, you know, get more people involved in the trades, uh, but get them into the skilled trades where uh, they can earn higher wages uh, and be more employer, employable in the long run. Again, trying to create a, a more long-term jobs uh, across the board. Uh, and then if you are looking to do some upgrades around the house, uh, they are putting some interest-free loans up to $40,000 through CMHC. Uh, and this is uh, for any deep home energy re retrofits. I haven't 
done uh, a long read on what they what they mean by deep home energy retrofits, but obviously it's uh, a little bit more than um, you know. Uh, up, upgrading a space heater or something like that. It's obviously going to be some uh, some renos, whether you're um, replacing windows, putting in new high energy furnaces, hot water um, tanks, or uh, lower energy uh, solutions for any of those. Heat exchanges have a lot of subsidies. So if you are looking at doing a renovation that's going to involve anything like that, it's worthwhile to look at the program and see if you qualify for any of that. Uh, and uh, and take advantage of that free money um, in order to, uh, to to make that uh, that that bite uh, of the renovation cost a little bit less um, difficult. They're also looking at applying a new digital tax for uh, digital services. So uh, these are companies uh, providing you with uh, online services. Uh, I know I've gotten a few emails from. Uh, from Spotify and Netflix, uh, telling me that they were going to start charging tax for their service, an additional tax for their services. Uh, so it's a three percent tax that they're adding, um, and we're seeing actually a lot of countries around the world, around the globe, doing this. Uh, Australia, the UK uh, have done this as well. So just looking at new tax revenue streams that don't affect the consumer too much, but of course we pay that tax, but it's a, a minor increment to our monthly. Uh, uh, subscription prices. Um, the limited business interest deductions. Uh, this one will be interesting, obviously, for big businesses. Um, if you borrow money to do anything to grow your business, uh, you can uh, write off that interest against revenue. Uh, they're now limited in that to 40% of profits in the first year and 30% of subsequent years. Um, so that will, uh, you know, be an extra layer of analysis uh, when borrowing to to invest uh, for companies, but also for individuals. Uh, if you are, uh, for example, borrowing to buy a rental property and you have that rental property in a corporation, um, which makes a lot of sense to do that uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, you might be limited to your interest rights off write-offs to be. Uh, 40, 30 or 40 percent of your profits to so your net positive cash flow uh, from the rentals. Um, so we're, we're diving into more details on this, how that's going to affect things. Uh, if you do run rentals, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of obviously a lot of people sometimes run rentals at net negatives. Um, and, and that's due to interest write, write offs um, that this may affect things. So uh, we are looking at some more details there and how that's going to uh, be interpreted. It's not started until 2023, so we have lots of time, so nothing to pan about, panic about in 2021, but it's definitely worthwhile to get a better understanding of it if you're, you are in that situation. Or if you're a business owner, uh, of course, business owners use loans all the time to grow their business, um, and it may have zero effect depending on the uh, profitability margins that you're experiencing versus the interest that you're paying, but it's worthwhile taking a look at for sure. Uh, increased taxation on smoking. So if you're a smoker uh, or a vapor, uh, they're adding $4 per carton and new framework for taxation on vaping products. Uh, you know, these, uh, these are easy targets uh, for the government to go after uh, as they always have, uh, or at least as smokers tell me that the price is con continuously goes up year over year over year on 
on taxation on smoking and uh, vaping products. And foreign homeowners tax, they're introducing a new one. This is a federal foreign homeowner tax, not uh, on top of the provincial one of 1% of the home's value uh, if a foreign owner leaves that property vacant um, starting in 2022. So uh, not a new tax to Canada, but a new tax on the federal. So will increase uh, foreign ownership uh, of properties in Canada uh, by a little bit starting in January, 2022. Uh, and of course, just like we have provincially, there's a declaration requirements uh, that everyone will be required to make. On the healthcare system, there is a, a one-time uh, lump sum payment of $4 billion to help the provinces just clear up the backlog of procedures and treatments due to the pandemic. Of course, if you've been on any kind of list for a non-essential medical procedure, uh, they've been canceling or pushing them out, uh, obviously quite a bit last year during the shutdowns, so they reopened again, but uh, um, back into a state of pushing those out again. Uh, so there's a, a one-time uh, fund available to the provinces to try to uh, move those treatments through and, and, and get everybody caught up and, and get everybody healthy again and, and, and back to normal. And then also postdoctoral fellowship income uh, was not treated as earned income for RSP room. So they're making a change to that. So if uh, you have anyone you know that's working on their PhD or uh, MBA and um, we're, uh, were being paid by the universities for research or anything like that. They now have some extra RSP room that they can uh, use for this year, uh, but they can also go back to 2011 uh, and uh, reclaim any of that room should they, uh, did they, if they missed out on it. So that's pretty much the highlights. As I mentioned, what does it mean for us these days? Not a lot um, for this year. Uh, most of the new taxations are into next year. So we have a lot of time to adjust for them. Uh, and even as mentioned, the rental property or the business loan um, one is 2023. So we do have a couple of years to see what that effect is going to be, how broad based it's going to be, and what needs to be done to make sure if you are affected, what that impact is. And, um, it, and if you're not affected or if there's ways to, to avoid it. Uh, we have lots of time to, uh, to go through that. If you have any questions around any of those things, or if you're concerned about that, do reach out to us at mikeonmoney.com. Uh, happy to keep you in the loop as we, we figure things out. This is how a lot of these tax budgets work. The politicians put all these things into place, and then the accountants and lawyers have to go figure out what it actually means, and that's the stage we're at now. So uh, as, uh, as we work with uh, our partners in um, the accountant side and the tax side, or sorry, the uh, legal side, uh, and we get updates on how these are going to be interpreted, uh, we will get more and more information uh, to you about that. But with that, I'm going to let you go enjoy your day. Hopefully you're uh, having fun out there. For those of you who got the vaccines, congratulations. Hopefully you're all doing well and safe. Uh, and I hope to see you all in person at some point this year. But with that, um, reach out to us. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know if there's any topics you'd like us to cover. And I hope to talk to you again next week. Uh, same time, same place. Thank you, everyone. Bye for now.